This is a podcast by The Straits Times. You're listening to Career Talk, a podcast series by The Straits Times podcast channel, Your Money and Career. At Career Talk, we help you take charge of your own career and make your ambition pay off. I'm your host, Tae Hong Yi. Workers now have to learn more in less time in Singapore's economy. This comes as economic cycles shorten and the required transformation more complex. In fact, one out of five job vacancies in the second quarter of 2023 was found in growth sectors including professional services, information and communications, and financial services. Here with me to share about talent trends in tech and preparing for a career shift to the sector is Ms. Gillian Wu, Director for Creative and Professional Services at Workforce Singapore. Workforce Singapore is a statutory board under the Ministry of Manpower that promotes the development, competitiveness, inclusiveness and employability of all levels of the workforce. Thanks for taking the time to join us, Gillian. Thank you for having me on the show. Also here in the studio with me is Mr. Benjamin Tan, Chief Executive of Red Alpha Cybersecurity, a cybersecurity talent development company. Mr. Tan is a veteran cybersecurity expert who served in the Singapore Armed Forces for 15 years before delving into his own venture. Likewise, glad that you could be here today with us, Benjamin. Thank you for having me on the show. So I think just to kick things off, right, to really sketch out the broader landscape, Gillian, could I invite you to tell us what are career conversion programs and how do they work? And specifically for these CCPs, what sort of job roles do they support? Thanks, Hongyi. At Workforce Singapore, we offer career conversion programs to help mid-career individuals undergo skills conversion to move into new occupations or sectors that have good prospects and opportunities for progression. We work closely with sector agencies and industry stakeholders, such as the Trade Association and Chambers, in the planning, design and implementation of the career conversion programs. These partners help to identify in-demand job roles suitable for career conversions. They also provide useful feedback, which supports Workforce Singapore in validating the program construct and training requirements. There are three types of career conversion programs. Firstly, the place and train mode, where the individual is first hired by an employer before undergoing reskilling to bridge the skills gaps identified in the new job role. Second, the attach and train mode, where the individual is provided training in a work attachment prior to job placement. And finally, the redeployment and job redesign reskilling mode, where the focus is on existing employees of companies that are undergoing business transformation. They are provided with training to take on new job roles or redesign job roles within the same company. What is important to note is that career conversion programs come at no cost to individuals. For companies, Workforce Singapore subsidizes up to 90% of the individual's salary during the training period, which can vary between three to six months, depending on the modality. So, coming back to the tech-related career conversion programs for the Infocom sector, we offer it under four broad archetypes through the career conversion programs for Infocom sales and marketing professionals, platform and system professionals, tech professionals, and cloud professionals. After participating in these career conversion programs, 
Individuals can look forward to taking on in-demand job roles that include data analysts, application support engineers, software engineers, and cybersecurity associates. A good example is our collaboration with Red Alpha, where we train individuals without prior experience as cyber risk analysts. Thanks for that overview, Gillian, and I understand that over the past five years, more than 1,500 individuals have switched careers to join the tech industry overall through the CCP program. So I think now's a good time for us to move to you, Benjamin, to really share about what your company, Red Alpha, does. So Red Alpha is a cybersecurity talent development company that aims to solve the existing global shortage of cybersecurity practitioners by creating a sustainable pipeline of cyber talents. We do this through one way, which is the CCP, uh, administered by WSG, and we do the place and train model, i.e. we recruit people first, and then subsequently we provide them training. So what we do when we recruit is we identify talents with the right aptitude and attitude in cybersecurity. We train them in cybersecurity skill sets that are in demand, and subsequently place them in cybersecurity jobs in the industry. Our program is unique because applicants are not required to have prior study or work experience in IT, and they do not have to pay anything to join our training program. Instead, we actually give them a training salary throughout their six months training with Red Alpha, uh, with support from WSG and the CCP, and they will get full-time salaries when they are placed with Red Alpha's partner organizations in cybersecurity jobs subsequently. So what's the roughly the profile of some of the talents who come in through the CCP? Are you seeing in terms of entrants who are you know, in the younger age group or more senior entrants? The majority of people are in the age group of about 25 to 35. I think that's the age where uh, most of them are, are thinking about what careers they would like to have, whether they want to continue with their current career trajectory or they think it's a good time to make a switch and it's at the age where they might not have too much financial commitments yet, uh, have the energy and drive to upskill and reskill and have the motivation to, to go for these goals. So that's the majority we have seen. Of course, the youngest we have had is 20 years old and the oldest that we have had who is undergoing training now is 56. So we, we see a wide range and I would say one commonality among all of them is one, their aptitude for cybersecurity, and two, really their motivation to relearn new skills and apply themselves to start a new career. So you mentioned that you have these partners where you kind of push those talents towards, right? So how does this work? So they train with you under the CCP at Red Alpha, and then you have partner firms who you actually send them to, on to work for. Is that how it works? Ah, Yes, that's correct. So every run, we will conduct career networking sessions with uh, Red Alpha's hiring partners where their hiring partners will have a chance to meet our employees, uh, know what training they have gone through, understand their skill sets, their strengths, uh, and offer them cybersecurity jobs when the career networking session starts. Would you be able to share with us what are some of the names you know, uh, that we see in your network of hiring partners? We have a good mix of government, MNCs, as well as uh, MSS. So, of course, uh, the Ministry of Defence is is a partner. So, it's ST Engineering. And we have had companies such as uh, SMRT and MediaCorp who have hired from us as well. So, it's a, it's a good mix and our employees are very happy to go into these jobs to gain experience and 
apply their cybersecurity skill sets that they have trained in Red Alpha. So what do you think is so attractive for these hiring partners to hire through Red Alpha instead of from the open market? Red Alpha provides a sustainable pipeline of talent for them. So hiring partners may recruit from their own avenues, from recruitment agencies, from their own HR. But uh, wherever they need good personnel, they come to Red Alpha because we have screened them for high aptitude, high potential, high motivation, and they know the training they've gone through and they know that our employees can hit the ground running the moment they are seconded to the organisations. So as and when you know they have cybersecurity staffing needs, uh, Red Alpha pops into their mind and they approach us for some of the talents that we have. So in terms of interest from the hiring partners, right, once you have your employees complete the CCP, what's the take-up rate from the hiring partners of your talents? Is it 100% or 90%? Currently, all of our candidates who have gone through our training have gone on to have successful industry placements. So it's 100% and we hope to keep that. That's a great track record. And we're talking about a size of how many people who have completed your training. Currently, we have trained close to 70 people and all of them have had successful placement uh, with our hiring partners. That's a great track record and, you know, really hope that it keeps on going for Red Alpha. So in terms of keeping up this track record, how do you decide which workers to place on the CCP? And how does it fit into the broader learning and development plan for your workforce? Because I assume that this doesn't just start and end at the CCP. For our program, we recruit both fresh graduates and mid-careerists. 80% of our Candidates are actually mid-careerists and if they meet the CCP eligibility criteria, we actually apply the CCP for them because you know, we get salary support uh, from the government and they also get access to career advisors and, and also uh, hear about other kind of training that uh, WSG is offering. So the learning and development plan is the same for every candidate. First, they will receive training to build up their computing and networking fundamentals. You must know IT well in order to do cybersecurity. We teach them modules in programming, networking, operating systems. We then teach them uh, rate teaming to instill in the candidates' uh, attacker mindset, how attackers attack, how they commonly exploit certain vulnerabilities and what kind of tools they like to use. With that in mind, we then teach them how to defend against these cyber attacks. And we teach them things like log analysis, incident response. And because they know how an attacker attacks, they will subsequently know how to defend them well as well. So the plan is designed to train up a candidate from zero background to a cybersecurity practitioner within six months. It's an ambitious learning and development plan, but because we put them through a selection process to test for their aptitude and attitude, uh, so far the results show that they've been able to do it. And we achieve this through also a few factors. One is we employ a low trainer to trainee ratio of one is to six. So the trainers have more personal attention towards the trainees and know how best to transfer their skill sets over to the trainees. There are also actual practitioners uh, who have been in the industry. So they are very in tune with what the skill sets required and what are the things that our candidates need to master. And lastly, we have the capability to create our own range scenarios so that our training is realistic and easily applicable uh, in the workforce. So that's some of the things we have put into our learning and development plan 
so as to make sure that whoever goes through our training program are workforce ready uh, and are ready to hit the ground running when they get their cybersecurity placement. So is there a minimum amount of prep that they should have before they enter into Red Alpha? We do give them some preparation material to level up before they embark on the program proper. But I would say those are addition just to ease the learning curve. But otherwise, if they just go through the program proper, they should be able to keep up and acquire the skill sets. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Let's get back to our conversation on career conversion programs into technology with my guests, Ms. Gillian Wu at Workforce Singapore and Mr. Benjamin Tan, Chief Executive of Red Alpha Cybersecurity. So at this point, I think it's great uh, for us to go back to Gillian in terms of these sort of short-form tech courses, right? And there are many short-form tech courses provided by institutes of higher learning, other agencies such as SkillsFuture Singapore and IMDA, and even training providers. What's the difference between these short-form courses and the CCP? And as a working professional, when should one consider applying for the CCP versus these other short-form courses and why? Thanks, Hongyi. While both short-form tech courses in Workforce Singapore's career conversion programs aim to enhance an individual's skills and knowledge in specific tech areas, there are differences in scope, purpose, duration, and target audience. Let me elaborate. The Career Conversion Programme offers on-the-job training or industry-recognised training for individuals to take on a new job role. The programme duration typically ranges from three to six months. The Career Conversion Programme is relevant for professionals with non-tech background seeking a career change into the tech industry. Given the need for business transformation, it is also suitable for existing employees who can be reskilled to take on redesigned job roles within the company. On the other hand, short-form tech courses are typically shorter, with focused training programs suitable for professionals who want to deepen their expertise in a specific area or stay updated with the latest technology in their current field. The program duration can last for a couple of days to a few weeks. They may not provide the comprehensive training needed for a career switch. So, when to consider each option? Consider short-form tech courses if you're looking to upskill within your current profession, enhance your proficiency in a specific technology, or stay current with industry trends. Consider a career conversion program if you are contemplating reskilling and taking on a new job role in the tech sector, as this offers a more holistic approach and support for such transitions. Ultimately, deciding between short-form tech courses and the career conversion program depends on your career goals, the level of change you are considering, and the depth of knowledge and skills for your desired career path. So speaking of career paths, what are some of the in-demand tech job roles currently? So that's a good question, Hongyi, because it is not easy for individuals and companies to unpack what are the jobs available and the skills required to navigate the fast-changing tech sector. Therefore, IMDA, with support from Workforce Singapore, launched the Information and Communications Jobs Transformation Map in October 2022. 
to identify emerging tech trends impacting future jobs. These trends that will influence high demand for skilled workers in the next three to five years include 5G and the Internet of Things, cloud computing, artificial intelligence or AI, and analytics. These trends will also lead to increasing skills demand in at least three areas, namely software engineering, cloud and mobility, and AI and analytics. To meet the growing demand for these skill sets, individuals can take on IMDA's Tech Skills Accelerator programs, which comprises short-form courses or Workforce Singapore's Career Conversion Program to prepare for a rewarding career in the tech sector. Companies can also leverage the insights from the Jobs Transformation Map to redesign jobs to improve their job value and attractiveness. At the same time, they can look within to reskill existing employees to adapt to these emerging trends and take on redesigned job roles through the Career Conversion Program. For example, more than 100 individuals were deployed and reskilled into redesigned tech job roles through the Career Conversion Program in 2022. Using cybersecurity as an example, what sort of additional skills or skills top up is required of workers? So if we take cybersecurity as an example, in the next three to five years, cyber risk analysts will increasingly use AI and analytics to aid in their decision making and develop cybersecurity policies. Cyber risk assessment will also become more data-driven. The career conversion program that Workforce Singapore is partnering with Alpha allows candidates to learn more about hacker tools, techniques, incident handling, as well as penetration testing, which is a simulated cyber attack to check for vulnerabilities. So by focusing on these additional skills and skills top-ups in the field of cybersecurity, companies can equip their workforce with the necessary expertise to address the evolving cyber threats and challenges in today's digital landscape. So thanks for that, Gillian. So I'd like to take a step back again into the broader landscape. What advice do you have to individuals who wish to start a CCP, might not be a tech one, any CCP in general, but are worried about the opportunity cost in terms of pay, seniority and free time of starting afresh in a new sector after taking up the programme? So starting afresh in a new sector can indeed be daunting. Some advice I can share with individuals considering a career transition is understand your motivations for making the career change and how it aligns with your long-term career goals and aspirations. Assess your current financial situation and plan for any financial adjustments you may need to make. You have to be prepared that starting in a new sector may initially involve a pay cut or a step back in seniority. It is also useful to conduct research on the new sector you are considering, including the skills, typical pay range and career growth opportunities. Connect with professionals within the sector through networking events. This allows you to gain insight into the experiences, challenges and rewards in the new sector. You can also speak to Workforce Singapore's volunteer career advisor for this. Equally important is to lean on your support network including family, friends, or even seek out a career coach during this transition. For those interested to embark on a career in tech, you can also approach our industry partners like SG Tech, who provides integrated career services supported by Workforce Singapore for career advisory, job matching, and reskilling opportunities 
through our conver- career conversion programs. Embarking on a new career path is a bold step that can bring great fulfillment. Make an informed decision, be patient with the process, and stay optimistic about the opportunities available in your chosen sector. That's not forgetting also to tap on Workforce Singapore's suite of services to support you in your career transition. So as CCPs gain traction in the Singapore education and skills landscape, are they meant to be a substitute to traditional forms of tertiary education or tertiary qualifications? Should someone consider embarking on a career conversion program fresh out of, let's say, junior college or a polytechnic in lieu of a university degree? So the career conversion programs are meant to complement the Institute of Higher Learning. And especially for individuals who have embarked on a career and is considering career moves. With the world of change, you need not necessarily you know, be doing the same job for your entire career journey. So the career conversion programs complements and provides that opportunity for individuals to explore different career paths throughout their career journey. Thanks for that, Gillian. I'd like to move back to you, Benjamin. When we're talking about these sorts of career conversion programs, right, why are they still needed in a landscape where there is a lot of a narrative surrounding the sort of self-taught tech certifications or, or people who gain these certifications in networking and cybersecurity by being self-taught? What, what is the value of courses and career conversion programs then? Through our experience of running training programs, self-study is an option, but it is not for everybody. While there are some who manage to acquire the skill sets through self-study on their own, uh, there are many others who are not able to do so because of work commitments, uh, family commitments or financial commitments. Some may fail to complete their self-study because they found it challenging to do so without a professional trainer or a mentor to bring them through more challenging concepts or changes in the industry. Yet there are others who embark on their own self-study journey they maybe took some certifications. There are hundreds of certifications in cybersecurity, networking, and IT. And not every certification increases their employability. As uh, Gillian mentioned, uh, some of them are meant to upskill themselves uh, when they are ready in the domain and not really for them to change from one domain or one industry to another. So, some of them uh, spend money, spend time, they embark on this journey, but they realise that it did not increase their employability. Hence, my personal view is that there's a space for WSG's career conversion programmes or training programmes like what Red Alpha offers because they enable an individual to focus full-time on their training while meeting their short-time financial commitments because uh, they are employed. And there's a structured training programme in place for them to acquire the necessary skill sets that are in demand in the industry. Another question for you then, Benjamin. So when we're talking about mid-career individuals with no prior tech background, right, how do they end up still playing a meaningful role in your company after they undergo the conversion program and your Red Alpha's broader training program? How is that possible, you know, like when they have no prior background or practice before that? So in the case of Red Alpha, our program is designed to train one from little to no background to a cybersecurity practitioner in six months. So the training program is designed to help such individuals. Uh, from the many batches that we have run, 80% of candidates that join Red Alpha's training program are mid-careerists. 
and 70% did not have prior tech background. But even then, they brought with them a high aptitude for cybersecurity, great attitude for learning, and some of them even brought complementary skill sets from their previous backgrounds. So we have had researchers who brought their research skill sets to become cybersecurity researchers. We have people who have done project management previously that do very well in cybersecurity, risk management, and advisory roles. All of them has successfully reskilled and upskilled to become cybersecurity practitioners in the industry. And based on this track record, definitely there's a place for them to play a very meaningful role in Red Alpha and to contribute to the broader cybersecurity industry in general. So I'd like to continue along that line. So we're talking about aptitude. What are some skills, right, that are actually associated with potential to be a good cybersecurity practitioner just to help those people, you know, because there might be some people out there who may have these skills, but they may not have realised cybersecurity is actually a pathway that's open to them. So some of the skill sets that we look for are things like uh, logical thinking. If I present you with a problem, how do you dissect them, break it down into smaller pieces and uh, apply a logical flow to them? such that they can be broken down into discrete steps. Subsequently, you could even program them you know, to solve the problem. The other one is about uh, problem-solving skills, how to look at problems from different angles and approach them in different ways so that uh, you, you find a way of understanding them better and analysing them better and, and find creative ways to solve them. Because uh, in cybersecurity, let's say if you do penetration testing, you know, it involves looking at a network or system as a whole and finding ways to get into the system through certain vulnerabilities or holes in the system. So that, that kind of problem solving and logical thinking are typically what we look for in our selection process to find uh, talented cybersecurity individuals, even for those who didn't have prior background. Because I imagine it's really having that ability to think through that process, even if you don't know the technicalities, technicalities can be taught to you to apply so long as you have the ability to, to use it afterwards. Exactly. I think that's a great note to end this podcast on. So that was Ms. Gillian Wu and Mr. Benjamin Tan on the training pathways available in the tech. Thank you. It's been a pleasure you know, sharing about the opportunities available in the tech sector. Thank you for having us on the program. Well, that's a wrap for this seventh episode of Career Talk. I'm Tae Hong Yi. If you resonate with the points raised, do share this podcast episode with your friends and family. We'd love to hear about your personal experience, aspirations and concerns about embarking on a career switch. You can also get more career and personal finance tips in the latest edition of ST's Head Start newsletter. We have all the links in our show notes. I'll be back on the second Monday of every month with Career Talk. Thanks for listening. That was a podcast by The Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A W E D I O.